I'm Kevin Gale, voice of the Crusaders, and this is Seder Stories, the official podcast of Holy Cross Athletics, presented by UMass Memorial Health. On this very special episode, we're joined by four members of the four-time defending Patriot League champs from Holy Cross football. They are the only team ever in Patriot League history to win four straight outright football titles. And we're recording this episode just days before the FCS second round matchup with UNH at Fit and Field. So we'll dig into the historic postseason game ahead. Plus, we'll look back at the path through this undefeated regular season. I'll introduce all four Crusaders with us, beginning with a two-time All-Patriot League first-team linebacker who led this year's team in tackles, Liam Anderson. The top place kicker in the Patriot League, a three-time first-team selection who just broke the Holy Cross school record with a 52-yard field goal against Bryant, Derek Ng, the captain of the secondary, second on the team in both tackles and INTs, Walter Reynolds, and the head coach of Holy Cross football, three-time coach of the year in the Patriot League, fresh off the first Crusader undefeated regular season since 1991. Bob Chesney. Gentlemen, thank you all for being here on Seder Stories. Let's start with Coach Chesney. You said coming into this season, it would be a monumental task to grab a top eight seed in FCS when you consider all the power programs coast to coast. And here you are, fresh off a first round bye, getting set to host UNH as a national seed for the first time. How did this team separate themselves as now one of the greats in Holy Cross history? Yeah. Well, first, thanks for putting this together and uh, very honored to be doing this uh, with you and and Liam, Walt and Derek. But I think for us, you know, we sat out and we talked about this, you know, way back when it, it was after our season was over. We completed that Villanova game, you know, and, and we came back into a team meeting with our new team and had a conversation about it. We went on break and came back in early January. And, you know, that is what our goal was, was to become a top eight team. And at that moment, I put up a slide that showed, you know, all the teams that started as the top 15 in the country. And then I showed at the end of the year, those that remained the top 15 in the country and just said, you have to knock off seven of these teams, you know, to become one of those top eight teams. Like how, how do we anticipate or expect, you know, to do this? And when you looked at the names of the teams, it was Montana and Montana State, South Dakota, South Dakota State. It was North Dakota, North Dakota State. It was Weber State. It was uh, Delaware, which is a, a state school with Sam Houston State. It was whoever else. And as I say all that, I say it because they have, you know, 20,000 kids or so in the school with, uh, you know, 150 on the team and, and, you know, academics, they have an ability to get as many in as they really, you know, need to or could or would like to. And then when you look at the transfers on each of those rosters, we just look very different than all of them. So we understood that if we were going to do it, it was going to be because we're going to do it together, right? We're going to do it for and with one another. And then the hard work began. And, and really that January was very challenging. You know, we were really as competitive in, in a winter as we've ever had. These guys were really the driving factor that pushed each other and really forced each other and held each other accountable in all phases, you know, academically, socially, and then, um, you know, obviously athletically, but then we got to the point where you're like, all right, well, you know, now that January's over and we're about to go into spring ball, you know, we were really at each other's throats quite a bit. And you thought, okay, well, everybody's going to get away from each other, spend a week by themselves, not talk to anybody on this team because of how competitive it was. And then we'll come back and start in the spring ball. But, you know, little did we know that 55 of members of this football team 
all went down to Fort Lauderdale together and, and spent a week together on their time off. And at that moment, really, that was one of the moments for me that made me say like, man, this is, this is different, right? It's different because not only are they as competitive as hell with each other, not only do they fight, you know, with each other every single day and demand so much out of each other, they truly like being around each other to the point that more than half of the team, you know, will go on vacation together when they have this time off. So that's really where it started. And then obviously at this point, you know, the rest is history. There was many, you know, unbelievable games that I'm sure we'll recap here, but it really started with these three guys, you know, being able to lead this team and many of their other teammates and just hold each other accountable and, and really, you know, push to that next level. You know, it's something we said out loud. We made a choice. We want to be top eight. Uh, and then we had to fight every single day to make sure that we were trying to hold up our end of the bargain. And then finally, sometimes it's presented to you and, and you just got to take it. So we chose, we fought and we, we took it. So here we find ourselves today and we're excited about this weekend. You could see that competitive winter and all that chemistry really starting to develop with a potent combo between Matthew Sluka at quarterback and Jalen Coker at receiver just two games into the campaign. Nobody could have predicted the Hail Mary connection to beat Buffalo, but what did that road win against an FBS opponent do to elevate this team in the opening weeks? Well, you know, fortunately for us, this was our second one. You know, this wasn't our first one to, to against the FBS opponent. I think, you know, I remember walking into that game, you know, against UConn. Don't I remember uh, Coach Grotsky saying to me, you know, they don't think they can win. You know, these guys know they can win. And I thought that was just such a powerful statement. And I think when we walked into that Buffalo game, we didn't think we could win. We knew we could win. And there's a big difference in there. And I think, you know, uh, what that elevated us to is it just left us, you know, kept us on track for what we felt we could accomplish this year. You know, it was a, it was part of the goal, you know, was to be able to go through this thing. And we knew we were going to have to be in some, some tough dog fights. We knew we were going to have to have that competitive stamina to play for 60 minutes. And we knew that it could come down to, you know, the, 59th you know minute with 59 seconds or it could be over 60 minutes when it's said and done but it's just a group that's resolve is very strong it certainly helped us you know confidence wise but i think our confidence was pretty high to begin with but i think more on the national stage you know we showed up and um you know i think not that a lot of us aren't paying attention to that but at the same point in time you know it, it's nice but we had to very quickly you know navigate those waters because we did that before a year before we beat UConn and came back out and fell a little short the next week. So confidence was coming from our day to day, right? Our, our, you know, routine of our day to day and not getting caught up in that outside noise. And that's what each and every one of these guys did. So even though our confidence was high, our confidence was coming from hard work, commitment and understanding that, uh, you know, we're going to do this together. So that was different than maybe the confidence a year before where you know, we relaxed a little bit and felt a little bit good about ourselves. We, these guys were not going to let that happen again. Matthew Sluka was just named a finalist for the Walter Payton Award given each year for the top FCS offensive player. What impressed me most, Coach, is he's leading the nation with 17 yards per completion. That's an incredible stat considering he first hit the field in spring 2021 as a run-first backup quarterback. How have you seen him really grow in your offense into a true dual-threat attack? Well, I think it's just that now he is a dual threat, right? He can do both. And I think that's just a little bit different 
than maybe what we were, you know, at the beginning of this, right? We were designing plays for him to be able to run. And now, you know, when you go back to that Villanova game, even if you would like, you know, everything got a little bit tighter, you know, laterally and a little bit tighter vertically. And, and that box got a little crowded and, and they knew that, you know, if they said, if you're going to beat us, you're going to have to beat us with Matt Zuka throwing the ball downfield. And uh, we missed a couple of throws, really didn't get it done, not on Matt, but on, on all of us. But at the same point, you really can't do that anymore. You know, he really is not just a, a one-dimensional player. He really elevated his game in so many different levels. He's a, you know, a much better leader at this point in time, but his work ethic, his meetings, his film study, all of that is just really, really different at this moment. And, uh, you know, it's showing up in the, in the stat line and the win column. Liam, following your 2-0 road start this season, you returned home to fit and field against Yale with nearly 14,000 fans in the stands. And you dominated that team, a team that, by the way, just won an outright Ivy League title. What did that atmosphere and huge student turnout tell you early on about the impact of this team, not just on campus, but around Worcester? It told us that we had something special. Um, that was, you know, our first home game back. And um we just had a, you know, a successful road stint. So coming back and seeing everybody, you know, and knowing that we had their full support was uh, pretty uplifting for us. And, you know, anytime you look at fit and field and we got, you know, 14,000 plus, you know, cheering us on, it's always a great feeling and makes us play a lot better. You formed such an incredible connection at linebacker with Jacob Dobbs, who was an All-American last year. But that opportunity to build on that chemistry came to an end when Dobbs suffered an injury in the win at Colgate. How did you embrace the adversity of that moment and change your role on this defense to help fill his shoes? It wasn't really so much embracing adversity, but rather just adjusting to, you know, new situations that we had on the defense. I mean, every time you go into a season, you know, injuries are going to happen. That's just a part of the game. So that was just, you know, another thing for us to adjust around. And then as far as, you know, building out my role, it really just became, you know, rather than having two of us on the field that are very vocal, it's kind of just me out there, me and Walt. So um, that just goes back to Coach James and uh, Coach Veganic and their instruction and, and uh, confidence that they instill in me. And then just, you know, having to go back to the playbook and watch a lot more film because, uh, you know, you don't have Jacob right next to me. So got to do a little bit more, but um, that's just the part of the game. And uh, I think we, uh, hit the field running, you know, the next week when we played uh, Harvard after that Colgate game anyway. So um, it was just a quick thing for us to adjust to. And I think we've been handling it pretty well with the uh, loss of Jake. We could really see the depth of your defense against Harvard. No Holy Cross team had won at Harvard Stadium since 2000 until this October when Derek Ng made two clutch fourth quarter field goals, including a 49 yarder with less than two minutes to go. Derek, you've rewritten the kicking record books at Holy Cross is it hard to pick out a kick now that that means the most in your career? Oh, man. Um, I think any kick at the end of the game where I can either seal a game or, or um, it's a go-ahead is very special to me. Um, I think the Bryant one is very special because it's 52. It's uh, breaking my own record. And then I still think back as my freshman Yale kick as the most special because it was my first big kick I've ever ever made in my kicking career. Gordy Lockbaum is a name that carries such respect here at Holy Cross. He's a college football Hall of Famer, played offense and defense in the late 80s on some awesome teams. And this season, you actually broke his longstanding career record for points. What did that milestone mean to you as a Crusader? It means a lot. We just watched a video of a century of Holy Cross football 
And just to see the history behind this program, I think it's super special that um, I'm able to hold that record currently. And um, I think it's really cool. Walt, by far the most impressive defensive game of the season from the outside looking in was at Polar Park. That was a 57-0 win over Bucknell. You held the Bison to just 60 passing yards. What makes this Crusader secondary such a connected unit? Uh, you know what I think it is? is honestly the versatility. You know, you have a lot of guys. You have three safeties, myself included, uh, Terrell Prince and Christos Artis, all ability to play any of the uh, safety positions, whether that's being high, low, you got corners. Now all of our corners are <laughs> rotating in the slot and that ability to just do more. You know, uh, Coach James always talk about doing more. And a lot of the time that we're out there, we're able to communicate and execute at such a high level because of our vers versatility. You told me before the season, your teammates call you General Flu because your game is sick. How sick was the overtime win against Fordham at home? Oh, it was great. You know, you know, starting that week, we knew it was going to be a big game, not because of, you know, the, the matchup by any means, but because it was the game that week. You know, Coach Chez impressed that on us that it's time to go one and oh, and that's something that we've been trying to do each week of the season. Right. So we had that in mind from the from the jump. Right. Then we get out there and we see, you know, fitness filled, packed. Um, and it was it was a great sight to see. You know, we had all the Worcester, you know, <laughs> for them even traveled pretty well. So. You know, it made for what uh, turned out to be a great game. You know, defense obviously wasn't our cleanest game. Uh, but, you know, we talked about when it matters the most, being able to make plays. And right down there at the final stretch, you know, we were able to seal, seal the deal kind of de defensively. And then over time, you see the Philly special that comes through. And, you know, we get that that final score to, you know, send everybody erupting and fitting. So, you know, it was great. It was sick, you know, if you will. But, you know, we loved it. <laughs> Coach Chesney, I, I think we could write a book about everything that happened in that 53-52 win against Fordham. Your offensive coordinator, Chris Smith, said after the game, it felt like the buildup and the prep for that de facto league title was a year in the making. In your mind, what made the difference in that thriller? I think, you know, our ability to to get a few stops really when it mattered the most. And, and Walt, you know, uh, when you go through again, you, you mentioned it, but league wise, I think leads the league in pass breakups and interceptions and, you know, from the safety position, probably tackles as well. Some of the things that he was able to do in the second half of that game, just very quickly ability to learn from maybe an earlier mistake and go in there and, you know, have some really big plays was just one of those things that I thought certainly stood out. You know, they went to run the ball at the very end where, you know, and, and force it to overtime. And I thought our entire defense being able to stop them at that time. And then just offensively, just watching, you know, a complete, you know, pure game, right? Complimentary game on all phases certainly stood out. You know, if, if you look back on it, Derek's extra point backed up 15 yards. I mean, everybody had to do it, right? Everybody had to do it in close games. And I think that's exactly what we've been preparing for. I don't imagine that to be very different this weekend or the following weekend or the following weekend after that, right? It's going to come down to that, everybody being able to do their job when it's said and done. And it's not easy, but you don't want it to be easy. It's not very rewarding if it is. And I just thought, you know, then in the end, the trust 
and, and look out there and believe that we had a play to win the game and our coaches and myself to be able to say, we believe that, you know, that this is our best chance to win this game. And, and for us to execute, it certainly stands out, but there was a lot, everybody, when you go down the list of every guy on that field, even a special teams of guys that don't play a lot to be able to hold that returner in check, to be able to, you know, just go through it one thing after another, you know, uh, Justin short or some of his catches, Sluka, some of his runs, you know, the old line that you can't speak enough about what they, they all did. Liam's play, you know, there's just a lot of, lot of big plays made by people, you know, in, in big moments. And that's just what it takes. Like you're, you're not going to win, you know, those tough games if you're not, you know, having everybody playing their absolute best, you know, and, and in crucial moments. And I think, you know, it's, it would be impossible to name one moment or one thing. Everybody will probably look at that two point play, but at the same point in time, it took a lot to get to that moment. And I think you got three guys on here that affected that in a very, you know, very big way. It, it must be so tough coach to avoid a letdown following a championship winning feeling like that at fit and field, but your team delivered three more wins down the stretch, yeah. to complete a perfect regular season that hasn't been done since 1991 when Jordan Fuller's dad, Jerome, was a record-setting running back. I know you've been in touch with that 1991 team. What's the support been like from the football alums at Holy Cross? Oh, phenomenal. I think that, you know, we, again, go out on Thursdays to our Thursday night touchdown clubs. And, you know, we had uh, Jimmy Andrioli and we had Gordy Lockbaum there the, the one week. And we just walked around that place and everybody knew who we were. And it was, it was just one of those moments that I think that's what you're starting to see in town, not only through the alums, but through the community. Uh, but yeah, they're very involved at this moment and i think it's something they they all can once again relate to you know those great great football teams can look back and say finally we're back you know and i think it stirs up a conversation of you know who who's the best team you know who is the best team to ever do it and i i love that our guys are in that conversation with them and i'll leave the voting up to whoever you know votes for those types of things but at the same point in time i just think i love that our guys you know are are you know making history like that's the thing like these are these are names that history will forever remember and i think when they come back to the team you know somewhere down the line when they're 40 50 60 years old who knows and they all come back to fit and field and see that banner hanging there and see their name as one of them that that led that undefeated team there's, there's going to be a lot of pride i think for them but we don't have time at this exact moment to dive deep into that but we'll have tons of time when this when the season's over but right now you know, we're focused on on this weekend and the task at hand. Let's take a quick commercial break. When we return, we'll continue our conversation with the four-time defending Patriot League football champs right here on Sater Stories. At Fuel America, we've created a place for people to gather, to share their stories. We are a destination and we are a starting point because Fuel America is not just our name, it's our mission. We are UMass Memorial Health, and innovation is something that defines us, that drives us to discover new ways to provide answers and hope, to provide opportunity and access and equity for everyone, to redefine what medicine can do and how it can heal relentlessly. Wegmans Meals to Go makes eating well extra easy. Power up with one of our poke bowls or poke salads. They're made with all your favorite sushi ingredients and served over your choice of greens or grains. Pick from shrimp, king salmon, ahi tuna, and more. And poke is just the beginning. 
Our fresh-made salads, hand-rolled sushi, and other favorites can be delivered right to your door with a simple tap or click. Order on the app or visit Mealstogo.com. Select stores only. Minimum $20 order for delivery. Check availability in your area. The right way to top a sub is with real red wine vinegar made from red grapes and no food coloring. And the right way to film it is in slow motion. Obviously. Because authentic ingredients make a sub above. Whether you are looking at hosting a birthday party, corporate or youth team outing, church group, or just a night out with some friends, Holy Cross Athletics has just the experience to make your event unforgettable. Holy Cross Athletics offers a number of interactive group experiences where your groups can even have the option of adding food and drinks to your experience. For more information, please call 1-844-GO-CROSS or email us at tickets at holycross.edu. Holy Cross football is hosting the second round of the FCS playoffs at Fit and Field on Saturday, December 3rd at noon. Be there to cheer on the Crusaders as they chase history in the national tournament against New Hampshire. Visit GoHolyCross.com slash tickets to get your tickets now. We welcome you back to Seder Stories presented by UMass Memorial Health. I'm Kevin Gale, joined by Bob Chesney, Liam Anderson, Derek Ng, and Walt Reynolds from Holy Cross football. Coach, we talked a lot about your success during this undefeated regular season so far, and you've got an incredible staff of assistant coaches working behind the scenes. Chris Smith, in particular, first season calling plays. He's taken your offense into the top five nationwide in FCS. What's impressed you most about his transition from offensive line coach to offensive coordinator? Yeah, I think the thing that's probably impressed me the most is, you know, his ability to listen to everyone sort of around him. He has a very, you know, good plan and he understands how to protect the quarterback, how to run the ball. He understands the full complement of run to pass and he understands how to protect the run with the pass game. But really he's, he's you know, we did a good job, you know, of, of hiring the guys that are on the staff at this moment. And there is zero egos when you walk in that room offensively. And it's one of the most impressive things. And that's really hard and challenging for a first year coordinator. Sometimes I think it's got to be yours. And you feel like, you know, everybody's got to sort of take a backseat to your ideas. And that's the thing that's probably most impressive to me is that he really does listen to everybody. He wants everybody to have a voice. He wants everybody to be heard. And then he's going to take those best ideas and develop them and build them with the staff. So I think to me, I knew he could handle the workload. I knew he would be meticulous in it. I knew he would hold people accountable. I knew he would work really hard and I knew he has a brilliant, you know, football mind, but at the same point in time, balancing sometimes, you know, the personalities in the room is one of the most challenging things any the coordinator has to do or supervisor probably in general has to do. And I just think that uh, he's done a phenomenal job with that. And I think that everybody, you know, we have a young coach in that room who's a quality control coach that came up with a play the other week that worked brilliantly. No, it's, it doesn't have to just be Chris Smith's idea and only his idea. And I, I love that, you know, about him because that's really what our whole program is built on. You can tell there's a real collaborative vibe to the way things work in your program. And Liam, you can see the defensive consistency has really been the calling card of this program in recent years. Full credit to Scott James, your defensive coordinator. He matches the focus and intensity of your unit. What is it about this group that allows you to absorb injuries, to absorb turnover, guys graduating on to new opportunities? What is it about this defense that keeps replicating success year after year? 
I think I was talking about this a couple of weeks ago with somebody, but I think it's just our experience. And just when you look around the board, I mean, like guys like me, Walt, um, Kuz and Jake Reichwine, we just have so, so many like combined games with one another. So um, anytime we get down in a particular situation, we know that we've probably been in one of those situations before. So there's no panic in any of us. And, you know, it just goes back to, you know, settling down, going back to our fundamentals and uh, just playing fast with one another and having a lot of fun while we do it. So I think just sticking back to those things and then just relying on our experience and not panicking in big situations is what makes us so consistent. Well, you were recruited to Holy Cross by the previous coaching staff. Obviously, a change was made. And then one day after Coach Chesney took the job, he picked up the phone and gave you a call about your future at Holy Cross. How have you now seen the program grow from the first conversation you had on the phone to now going into the second round of the FCS playoffs? You know, I, you know, Coach Ches called me on my way to track practice, and uh, <laughs> it was funny. He's like, yeah, you know, we looked at your tape, and we're going to honor your scholarship, and we're, you know, we're happy to get you up here, and we're ready to get things rolling. And, you know, from that moment that I got up there in the spring, you know, it was great to see Coach Ches be out there energetic at the spring game. You know, the guys are all into it. You know, really seeing it, right? Uh, then we go into that first season where things didn't go our way. You know, in the first half of it, in the second half, we started to rally back. But that's when the culture started to shift. You know, it became more of a player-led thing, and Coach Ches emphasized that with us. You know, this is our team, right? Me, Liam, uh, Derek, we're sitting here speaking today, and you know, it's our team, and it's up to us to really push it wherever we want it to go. So. From that moment forward, the culture just shifted. And now today, you know, going into this playoff game, you can really see that guys have bought in and really been able to, you know, do their job, do their part, and do just a little bit more. Derek, special teams have really been a story this season. Devin Haskins leads FCS in blocked kicks. You've got offensive stars saying they don't just play special teams, but they love special teams. How does all that success begin with your special teams coach, Drew Kanan? I think his brain and his schematics on special teams wise working with coach Chesney is very special. Um, we have meetings every day and we talk about who their returner is, what their scheme is, who their key is and how we can beat it. And um, I think we really see that when, if I could put the ball in the right spot, we can pin teams inside the 15 every time. And I think that is really good. And on the punt blocking side, Devin Haskins is doing really well, and he really bought in. Uh, I remember meetings last year where, like, oh, he's so close, he's so close, and Devin kind of took that personally, and he made it his mission this year to make sure he got there, and um, he was able to four times and scored on a couple of them, and now teams have to really watch out for where he is. And I think this team has really bought into special teams just as much as offensive defense, and you see we have offensive starters on our kickoff team, which I think is really cool. Coach Chesney, like any great team, you've had some turnover on the coaching staff as new opportunities arise. That's what comes with success. But the championship consistency remains. I, I think the stat that really jumps out to me over and over is 17 Patriot League wins in a row with the biggest target on your back possible. I've got to ask, when you bring new coaches or recruits into your program, what are you looking to hear from them to know that they can be a fit and continue this high standard? Yeah, well, I think 
you're looking for competency first, right? Is, is it something that they can handle this? Will they fit in with what we do schematically? Do they bring some of their own ideas to the table? Are they competent in their individual position group, but also are they presenting new ideas that maybe we didn't even think about that are gonna add to what we're doing here? I don't want someone to just come in and fall in line. Like that's not gonna really help us, right? We, we already, we don't need more of the same people. We need a little bit different people, but at the same point in time, we need them to have the same goals, the same objectives, the same work ethic. And then we look after competency to connection. How will that work in our room? How do they connect with us as coaches, which leads to that third C, which is chemistry. But really competency is where a lot of the interview process starts. But during that, I'm looking for the connection that might exist there and then imagining the chemistry that might work within that staff room. Our guys have a chance to spend a lot of time with their position coaches. But in the end, really, it's an hour or so of meetings. And then it's maybe not quite, but around two hours at practice. And then there's some other meetings and just the the day-to-day that goes on. But there's probably, if, if four hours of the day were spent with their position coach, I think that would be quite a bit. It's not quite there. We spend <laughs> with each other as coaches, you know, I don't, I don't even know where, how to do the math on it because it's early in the morning until late at night. So there has to be this enjoyment of being around each other. People have been having these positive attitudes that, you know, we can, you, you can be stuck in a room with them for hours upon hours. And at the same point, still enjoy being in there because again, there's not huge egos. We're focused on the task at hand and we really love and are passionate about what we're doing so that when we get that presented to these young men, they're ready and excited and passionate about it as well. So I think to me, it's about that. It's about trying to figure out, you know, what guys fit. Again, we lost seven guys. We lost two other quality control guys and Luann, our secretary, right? So when you think about that off season, that was as tough an off season as I've ever had to go through. Um, but it was one of the most rewarding because here we are today and we didn't miss a beat. And in fact, we, you know, in, in some portions could have gotten better. So I think that to me is really what stands out is just what, you know, just continually bringing the right people together is not always the easiest thing to do. It takes a lot of work, but it's one that I think, you know, we found that balance once again, but again, the connection, right. The, the ability to connect the competency and the chemistry are really the three things, you know, it, that I look for in no particular order. Um, you know, some guys are a little bit more than in one than the other, but those three have to be, you know, striking a, a good balance in there. Let's take one final break. When we return, we'll look ahead to the FCS playoff game against UNH coming up this Saturday at Fit and Field. That's next here on Sater Stories. Hello, I'm Richard Carr of Carr Financial. As a proud alumnus and sponsor of Holy Cross Athletics, I know the importance of making a game plan to set up your team for success. Why should preparing for your financial future be any different? At Carr Financial, our dedicated advisors have decades of experience helping people like you put together a customized financial plan. Contact Carr Financial today and let us guide you toward a life of success as you define it. Call 508-795-0264 or visit carfinancial.com. We are UMass Memorial Health, and innovation is something that defines us, that drives us to discover new ways to provide answers and hope, to provide opportunity and access and equity for everyone, to redefine what medicine can do and how it can heal relentlessly. Getting that perfect slice is satisfying, fulfilling, and rewarding too. But we don't do it for fun. We do it for fresh. 
Slice to order makes a sub above. Holy Cross Athletics is proud to have passionate corporate sponsors who are committed to supporting our teams and student-athletes. Sponsors not only support Holy Cross, but also gain significant marketing exposure through in-venue signage, digital elements, promotional campaigns, and much more. To become a corporate partner, please contact Frank with Crusader Sports Properties at 908-625-1947. On Saturday, December 3rd at noon, Holy Cross football will host a second round FCS playoff game for the very first time. A spot in the Elite Eight is on the line against UNH. Don't miss it. Kickoff is noon Saturday. Buy your tickets ahead of time at GoHolyCross.com slash tickets. We welcome you back to Sater Stories, the official podcast of Holy Cross Athletics presented by UMass Memorial Health. Once again, I'm Kevin Gale, joined by the Crusaders, Bob Chesney, Liam Anderson, Derek Ng, and Walt Reynolds. Last weekend, as the undefeated Crusaders enjoyed their hard-earned playoff bye week, UNH took down Fordham 52-42, setting up a New England showdown between the Wildcats and Crusaders this Saturday. The last meeting was September 2019 in Worcester. Joe Lang recovered a fumble in the end zone with just a couple minutes left to give Holy Cross a tight 13-10 win. This year's UNH squad is heating up at just the right time. Six wins in their last seven games, thanks to a very effective red zone offense. Coach Chesney, I've got to ask, what are the keys for your team this Saturday against UNH? Well, they're a complete team. Uh, they really can do everything, and they're very competent and, and all those phases but number 20 I mean as you watch that previous game you know he just really stands out he really can do it all and they find a bunch of different ways to get him the ball they put him out of receiver we'll throw it up to him if they feel pressure on a simple slot fade they'll put him in motion and you know hand them off a jet they'll fake the jet so that they could get numbers back into the box and then they'll you know return punts they'll return kicks he does quite a bit for them when you go through the 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 yards gained and all the things that come with it he is a dynamic dynamic football player he's not easy to tackle his body balance is phenomenal and he's supported by a great you know cast around him the offensive line is one of the best we'll go against the tight ends are phenomenal the quarterback is great it's it's all just good then you go to defense two of the best dns in the in probably the country and then you add in those linebackers how physical and downhill they play um, you know, their defensive backfield is, you know, obviously really good as it held Fordham. So there's really not weak spots in this team at all, but that's what it should be at this level, right? That's what we should be finding at round two of the playoffs. So I think it's something we're all really, really excited about, but I think it's all got to start with number 20. If, if we're going to, you know, if we're going to be able to uh, get this victory. One of the biggest goals of completing an undefeated regular season was to earn this home playoff game. Last year, we saw a playoff game at Fitton Field for the first time in 38 years. Jalen Coker was the hero right before the buzzer in a 13-10 win. Again, another tight defensive contest in the cold. Liam, how does the defensive intensity ramp up during the postseason based on your recent experience? Um, just everybody, you know, there's a little bit more preparation. Um, for every single game, a little bit more heightened focus. And, you know, everybody's just a little bit more excited for every single game, you know. Um, it's that one and done mentality that I think gets everybody to step up their game a little bit. And, um, you know, every single team that you play is going to be a great team. So um, there's that excitement to rise to the occasion and, you know, make a play that, you know, ultimately puts your team up ahead and, the um, you know, as the seconds tick down in that game. So, 
everybody's just a little bit more excited. And uh, I think we got a great challenge ahead of us this week that, you know, you're going to see that same, you know, exciting play out of us this week. Safe to say the kicking game always becomes key in the postseason. Derek, you drilled two key field goals last year in the win against Sacred Heart. How do you mentally prepare for win or go home situations like those? I think uh, preparation happens all during the season. Um, it shouldn't matter. These kicks are the same kicks that happen in the regular season. Um, it just means a little bit more. Um, so I don't really take too much focus into, okay, if I miss this, then we're going to be out. Or if I make this, we're going to be in. I think I just have to take this one step at a time and one kick at a time. And then each one is the same kick. Well, when you went on the road for the second round playoff game at Villanova last year, you were so close, just just five points away from from pulling off that upset. How did that fuel your fire going into this 2022 campaign as a captain and an upperclassman? Yeah, you know, being there, uh, it was exciting to be in the second round, right? First time for all of us, you know, something new. Um, but we all left that field knowing that we should and we had an opportunity to continue. Right. And we wanted to continue. So letting that be a reminder that, you know, we have the ability that we're more than capable. We're, you know, we're, we're gonna, we're expecting ourselves. Like Coach Jay said, you know, we know we're going to win walking in around with that confidence, you know, and being able to get back with the, with the first round by um, is something that we talked about at the beginning of the year. So just having that goal in mind, you know, we set the goal and then we took it day by day to, uh, you know, fight back and kind of get back to where we want to be and get to this point to where we are now. So, you know, it's exciting. We're ready. And, you know, we're, we're, like I said, more than capable. And lastly, Coach Chesney, with all your postseason experience now at multiple levels of college football, what do you see in this 2022 team that makes you believe they can play with anyone in FCS? Well, I think that, again, we're a complete team. I think that, you know, when you go through our special teams, when you go through our offense, when you go through our defense, I think we're a complete team. I think we're, you know, we, we have enough bullets to fire, you know, as, as our coaching staff prepares these young men. Um, but I think that, you know, when, when I look at it, they're not, no one's ready to be done yet, right? I think there's just so much more that we want to do together. And I think that that is probably the underlying theme of this entire thing, you know, um, you know, I want them to think and act and be the greatest period. That's it. Right. And I think when they go out there and, and practice every day, you know, it's not about, I don't believe, you know, that we're going to rise to some great occasion here. We're just, we're going to be at the level of our training. And I think every single day, these guys, the way they train, the way they compete, the way they, you know, go against one another on a day-to-day -day basis, it's pretty awesome. And I think to me, that is it, right. They, they should think, feel walk and talk like the absolute greatest because they are and that's you know what what makes this you know exciting exciting run bob chesney walt reynolds Derek ing liam anderson thank you all so much for being here i want to say personally it's been an honor and a privilege to call your games all season long coach it's it's a special season still plenty more left to be accomplished yeah. i i know i speak for everyone when i say we can't wait to see you all play again this saturday at fit and field best of luck Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank these guys, you know, but thank you, Kevin, for the coverage. Oh, it's been great. Thank you again. And thanks to everyone for listening here on Sater Stories. Don't forget to buy your FCS playoff tickets ahead of time at GoHolyCross.com slash tickets. If you enjoyed our show, please subscribe on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, and leave us a five-star rating and review. It's still the best way for fellow Crusaders 
to find Seder stories. That's it for now. I'm Kevin Gale. We'll see you this Saturday at Fit and Field. Go Cross Go. Thank you for listening to this episode of Seder Stories presented by UMass Memorial Health. Stay in the loop on all things Holy Cross Athletics at GoHolyCross.com and at GoHolyCross on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Go Cross Go!